Hello and welcome to A Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and I'm just so thankful that you chose to listen today. Thank you for downloading this episode, and um, if you're one of the regular listeners, thank you for continuing to download episodes. If you're a new listener, welcome. Um, I'm just so thankful that you're here, and I pray that you will hang on and Um, We will go together and learn more and more from God's Word, whatever it is that He will have us to learn. And I just continue to pray for you that um, you will be drawn closer to God, that He will give you a hunger and thirst for His righteousness and a hunger for the truth that's found only in His Word, and that then you'll be able to share it. Um, with those that you love, with friends and family, and even those that you don't know, like I'm doing now. The Lord continues to bless uh, exceedingly and abundantly uh, above what I could have asked or imagined um, when he put this, uh, planted this seed about a podcast in my mind. Um, There have been over 3,100 downloads of the episodes since January the 1st of this year, Um, in 184 cities and towns across uh, 28 states in the United States and 12 countries. We've reached into Finland and uh, Norway as of this week, and I just say welcome to all of you. Um, It's just such a blessing for you to be able to share with you. And again, I pray that he receives all the glory. It's not anything that I'm doing. I feel like I'm getting the biggest blessing here because I love to share God's word. I I so want um, old believers and new believers and those who don't even know the Lord to just realize what a treasure we have in the holy word of God. And I pray that you're starting to see that. And I'd love to hear from you sometime if you want to shoot me an email at a word for this day at gmail.com. Um, I would love to hear if God's uh, what God's doing in your life as you spend more time in His Word. So as usual, we're going to go on now to the most important part of the podcast, and that's to talk about His Word. Um, the verse for February the 9th, 2022, comes from the book of Jonah. Uh, a little minor prophet book of Jonah, and we have not been in this book before, so I'm excited about this. But it's Jonah chapter 2, verse 9, and it reads as follows from the ESV. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. So, as I mentioned, this is found in the book of Jonah. It is a tiny little book in the Old Testament. Um, It is only four chapters long. It is a wonderful little book. Um, A lot of folks think, oh yeah, I've heard about Jonah and the whale or Jonah and the great fish and um, think that's just a good little Sunday school story. But oh, there is so much depth and so much for us to consider and look at and learn in this little book in the Old Testament. So I'm excited to dig into that with you today. So when we start a new book or we we find a verse, a verse for the day that is in a book that we've not parked in at any length before, it's a really good idea to try to get a little bit of an overview 
so we get more of the the context and we're just not pulling out a verse out of context context is so important it is so necessary it's so necessary to guard against people twisting um scriptures for to suit their own um agenda um you need the whole counsel you need the whole context and that's why it's just so important to to back up and do a a kind of an aerial view and then zoom back in and so first we like to decide or try to discern um who is the author of this book and was it written to anyone in particular or what was the purpose and I will tell you, unlike some of our other books uh, and letters that we've read, that there's nowhere in this book that just comes out and tells us exactly who the author is. Um, many biblical scholars, not all, but many biblical scholars, though, think that it very well may have been Jonah. Jonah was a real person, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about other scriptures that support that. But uh, Jonah very well um, could have written that. And written this, and the thought is because of there's some uh, details about his emotions and his thoughts and what he said uh, that probably only would have been known to Jonah more than likely, uh, even though I have no doubt that since we know that all scripture is inspired by God and that God inspired men to write it, um, there is no doubt that God could have inspired someone else to write it, but the likelihood since he was a very real person. Um, is that he wrote this and because there are other other uh, books in which the person wrote in the third person um, as if they were telling the story. But the hard fact is we don't know for sure which human penned this, um, this little book. Um, it's just speculation that Jonah probably wrote it. There are many who will say that this um, is an allegory, that it really didn't happen because of um, some of the details that are found in the book. Many people are think uh, will say, and many uh, pre preachers will preach, um, that there's no way that this could have happened, that it um, there's no way that a man could have been swallowed up by a great fish, stayed there for three days, and then spit back on the ground and gone about his business. Um, however... I choose to believe because the Lord Jesus um, said in John chapter 17, he said, when he was praying back to the Father, he said, sanctify them in your truth, for your word is truth. And so I don't think that it is okay for us to just take part of the word and tell God which parts we're going to believe and which parts we're not going to believe. I think that one, our number one um, test of faith is do we believe that Jesus is God's son and that he came um, to earth, that he um, lived a sinless life, that he died, was resurrected, and uh, was seen by many and ascended back to heaven, and that he did it um, to pay the penalty for our sins. And I believe that's the number one test of faith. And the more that I study his word, and I, the more I believe that maybe one of our other tests of faith is do we believe that that what he has given us in his word is true or not? Or do we try to put our human understanding and our human wisdom above that of God? And like I said, I'm not here to debate that. Um, 
but I, I hold that very firm conviction, and I don't want to be counted in that number of those who claim to be Christ followers but try to explain away or discount a part of God's Word to make it fit into their um, their understanding. God's ways are much higher than our ways. His wisdom is much higher than our wisdom. Uh, there's no contest, and so um, I think this is where faith comes in, and so there's that part. Now, um, we read in chapter 1 of Jonah, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. So this story, these four chapters, talk about God's call uh, to Jonah to go to Nineveh and prophesy and to try and to tell the Ninevites that God was going to destroy them unless they repented. Um, we read, actually, this is how we know, and this is, this is how we're can, or how I'm convinced that Jonah was a real person, that this wasn't an allegory. If we go over to Second Kings, um, chapter, let's see, 15, um, we read that Jonah uh, was a real person and he was um, a prophet during the reign of Jeroboam. Jeroboam was one of the kings of Israel. <clears throat> and we read, um, let's see here. It says, uh, beginning in chapter, no, actually it's chapter 14 of Second Kings. It says, in the 15th year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, began to reign in Samaria, and he reigned 41 years. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which, had made, which he made Israel to sin. He restored the border of Israel from Lebo Hamath, as far as the Sea of the Arabah, according to the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, which he spoke by his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet, who was from gath Hepper. So um, the the scripture records here in Second Kings, you know, we had uh, the first book, the book of First Kings talked about David and, um, and then Solomon and then it starts to go through all the kings after the um, after the kingdom of Israel split into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And this confirms, it says, that Jonah was the son of Amittai, the prophet. <clears throat> and then we read, like I said, in Jonah 1.1, that he was the son of Amittai. And then even more, um, even more than those, we read in... In Matthew's gospel and in Luke's gospel, the Lord Jesus talks about Jonah. And so if the Lord Jesus, who was also God, um, who was the ultimate author through the Holy Spirit of all this word, that Jesus was the word made flesh that dwelled among us, if he is talking about Jonah, then Jonah was a real person. And if he talked about what happened with Jonah, then it really happened with Jonah. And so um, in my humble opinion. Um, so if we go to Matthew chapter 12, we read here, it says in Matthew 12, verse 38, then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him saying, teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, 
But no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. So the Lord says that Jonah, that this happened to Jonah, and I believe it. We see a very similar account in Luke chapter 11, verses uh, 29 to 32. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we talk more about the story of Jonah later. But anyway, I think this gives confirmation that Jonah was a real person. And um, this story, I think, is here to show um, perhaps some foreshadowing of the fact that Jonah, who was a um, an Israelite, was sent to a Gentile or a, a, a non-Israelite a nation uh, to encourage them to repent and to turn back to God. And that's the same thing that happens to us. You know, that's foreshadowing of what was available to us who are not Jewish by birth. Um, it's the same thing that um, happened with Paul you know, with um, the Lord Jesus met him on the Damascus Road and said, you are going to be my chosen instrument to carry this light to the Gentiles. And um, it was hard. It was so hard for the, the Israelites or the Jewish people to wrap their mind about that around that because they um, were God's chosen people and they weren't supposed to associate with the Gentiles Um but God had a greater plan all the way back with Abraham. He said, through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All the families of the earth will be blessed. And so God had the plan all along. Um, but sometimes we humans try to put our own spin on what God's plan is. And um, and that was Jonah's, uh, one of Jonah's big hangups, I think. So we get back to the story of Jonah today. That was a lot of background, but I think it's so important. And and let me just say again, this little uh, book of Jonah is four chapters. And I started to say, and it's a quick read, but I don't want you to read it quickly. I, I do want you to go back sometime and read it and reread it and reread it. And even if you just made a chart that says, put on one side, the Lord said, and on the other side, Jonah said, and see if you can see some characteristics of both of those things. And I think the Lord will speak to you mightily in that. But we go back to the story of Jonah. And um, it says in Jonah chapter 1, verse 2, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So Jonah went the absolute opposite way. And then later we see on that way when Jonah was just going as far away from the Lord as he could, he got on a boat, um, a great storm arose, and um, Jonah knew it was his fault. And the people on the boat said, um, call out to your God. And Jonah said, just throw me over. It's my fault. And so they threw Jonah over, and the scripture says that uh, the Lord, in chapter 1, verse 17, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And that's where we pick up in the verses leading into our verse for the day. 
So in Jonah chapter 2 verse 1 it says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were trapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought my, up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. So Jonah was at the lowest of the low in the belly of this fish, and he called out to God, and he recounted all these things. And then he gets to our verse for the day, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And as I've thought about that and read about that, of course, how many of us have done that when we get to the lowest valley and we say, Lord, if you'll just get me out of here, I'll do whatever you want me to. Or Lord, if you'll just get me out of here, I'll do what you asked me to do in the beginning. And it's hard to know which of those things um, prompted Jonah to say this. It could have been a little bit of both. You know, when it says, um, what I vowed I will pay, was that back sometime when Jonah was first called to be a prophet and he told the Lord he would do, he would vow to do what the Lord told him to say? Um, or was was that some prayer he had prayed also in the belly of the fish that if you'll just get me out of here, I'll I'll go to the Ninevites and preach what you told me to. It's hard to know. Either either way, we have lessons in both of that. And when he talks about that vow, was it that he was going to preach salvation? I think it's both of these things too. Um, when he says, what I vowed I will pay, salvation belongs to the Lord. Um was it the vow that he had made to preach that salvation for people to return to the Lord? Or was it that he, in the depths of his heart, personally realized my salvation here depends upon the Lord? It belongs upon the Lord. And I think it was both of that. I think there's a, at some point, we get the big picture that, oh, yes, Jesus came for the whole world. He died for all sinners. And then, you narrow it in, and when it becomes he died for me, or he he has uh, offered to save me, the whole perspective changes. Oh, friend, how I hope and pray that you get to that point, that if you have not gotten to that point yet, that you get to that point that you go from that big telescope view of for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him um, should not perish but have eternal life to that God died for me, for my particular sin. He wants me to come um, and uh, be in a relationship with him. And, and that's a game changer, my friends. Um, so I'll just continue to pray that each of us can be at that point. 
So Jonah had said, But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I vowed I will pay. And um, if you look in Psalm 50, verse 14, beginning in verse 14, and this may have been something Jonah as a prophet of the Lord would have had, hopefully, David's writings because he came after David, and uh, or the Holy Spirit just inspired um these words inspired him to know this, like he brings uh, his word into our heart if we've read it before or heard it before. Um, but if you look in Psalm chapter four, uh, 50, verse 14, it says, Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving, and perform your vows to the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. And is that not just what was happening with Jonah there? He says, But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And so um, it is just really neat to me to see how how God brought that back to Jonah. And then he prayed those words back to God. And, and that's something that we, I pray that you'll be able to do. The more that you're in, in God's word, the more that it's stored up in your heart, the more you'll be able to pray it to him, both in times of thanksgiving and praise and joy, and also in times of distress. And, um, and it will be such a comfort to you. It also directs you and redirects your thoughts and, and get your perspective right when you've got off course, or it does to me. So Jonah knew that his salvation was in the Lord's hand, and the Lord sent the great fish, and it vomited up, him up on the ground. And he knew that the people's salvation uh, of Nineveh were uh, in the Lord's hand. Um, but you know, a sad thing about the story of Jonah, and I don't know if it's in here just to show us um how sometimes we can be, and we don't know if later Jonah turned back and and um, had a right attitude, but Jonah went. He preached what the Lord told him to preach in the very beginning. Um, the people quickly turned, um, and you can read this in the third and fourth chapters of Jonah. The people quickly repented and returned to God. They turned their hearts to him the Lord relented on the destruction that he was going to send to Nineveh at that time. Uh, later on it came, um, but he gave them a chance uh, to turn just like he gives us a chance. The Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And then it goes on to say, but the Lord, the day of the Lord is coming and it's coming for, it was coming for the people of Nineveh. It comes for each one of us. But Jonah went back and preached. The people repented and then Jonah got upset. He got all, um, been out of shape because the Lord, um, relented and saved this Gentile nation. And he had a little bit of Pharisee in him. It sounds like, I don't know if there were Pharisees at that time, or I don't know when that those particular ones came, but they were of Jewish descent. And the ones that thought, 
oh, you have to follow the law perfectly, and um, if you don't follow the law, then you're not good enough, and you have to follow all these rules, and there's no way you can be good except by following these God's laws, and, and they put so many men's traditions on those that they uh, missed the whole uh, big picture that God is a loving God, and he wants everyone to be in relationship with him. But anyway, at the end of Jonah, um, he's just pouting under a tree and the story ends with um and the lord said see the lord had brought up a plant uh for jonah to to be um under its shade and then the lord sent a worm to eat the plant and jonah got mad and the very end of jonah says and the lord said you pity the plant for which you did not labor nor did you make it grow which came into being in a night and perished in a night and should i not pity nineveh that great city in which there are more than a hundred and twenty thousand persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle he was saying it's up to me to save and i i want to save them and who are you to be bent out of shape about this and i think he says the same to us sometimes especially as believers we we think a little highly more highly of ourselves than we ought and we think oh how could that person be okay with god look at what all they've done when we need to turn that microscope back on ourselves and say oh but the Lord saved me while I was still yet a sinner. Salvation belongs to the Lord our God. And so, friend, there's so much more here, and I, I hope we'll get to come back and, and uh, park here more later. But I want to just uh, remind you that how important it is to read God's Word, to study God's Word, to live God's Word, and to share God's Word. And and when we're in the depths of trouble or when we're in the uh, the wonderful times of joy that we can just pray these words back to God and He gives us just what we need when we need it. And I just want to close with this excerpt from Psalm 31 in verse 19. It says, Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and worked for those who take refuge in you in the sight of the children of mankind. And then jumping over to 23. Love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Blessings to you, friends. Until next.